And now, proper propaganda. Pull my mic back, you like that? Journalists with journalists too. We can strike back. Hardcore reporters with orders from headquarters. Behind enemy lines, sidestepping the borders. If you're just tuning in to Civic Cypher, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. I go by the name of Q Ward, DJ Q Ward, or just Q. Yes, indeed. Um... Manny Mook, the legend himself. Uh, Don't believe the rumors. Ramses says really <laughs> out-of-pocket things sometimes on the radio. That was one of them. No, no, not at all, man. Well-deserved. Anyway, um, be sure to stick around because we got more positive outcomes from the year 2021 for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, some voter rights stuff we're going to be talking about uh the census um cancel culture some just some some topics that we've discussed on the show that we believe um have evolved in a in a positive way there's there's a positive trend associated with these things um and i can't wait to share them all with you but first like we always do at this time Let's discuss how to become a better ally. Shall we? Yes, indeed. Um, so uh, we are going to talk about voting rights initiatives. Um, so again, be sure to stick around for that. But um, we're still in the middle of making sure that voting rights are protected and that voting is easy and accessible for marginalized communities and one such entity that is still uh bringing the heat toward that end is the naacp um the naacp if you don't know is uh the national association for the advancement of colored people granted it's an old term but it's an old institution um and they are the largest and most influential uh, civil rights organization in the nation uh, the vital work that they do advancing political ed educational, social, and economic equality for Black people in the United States depends on the generosity of supporters like you. And what you can do to become a better ally is head to NAACP.org slash donate. And you can make a $15 donation to continue challenging injustice across America. Um, at present, they're trying to reach a $150,000 goal and your help would be appreciated. So please consider, again, making that $15 donation to the NAACP to help bolster the fight against inequality uh, and to uh, protect voting rights, which is very necessary, especially in marginalized communities and communities where they're more susceptible to gerrymandering and the value of the individual vote is diminished. Um, if you believe in becoming a better ally, once again, visit NAACP.org slash donate. And I know our political system can make it very easy to get discouraged with the way the whole thing works. And I've you know, heard people say to my face that their vote didn't count. And, you know, there's certain things that reaffirm those feelings. Um, be a better ally. Be a better part of our union. You know, hmm. you know do your civic duty. Vote. Pay attention to what's going on. Don't just don't be me and just complain <laughs> and be all negative. No, man. You know what I mean? Now I that. do vote. We need you that. Know, very, very active in our in our in our you know our civic process. But um, I know because I get discouraged sometimes that it's not just me. Uh, sometimes we don't get the outcomes that we feel like we deserve, and promises are made that are not kept, and it makes you say, "What am I doing this for?" Um, 
let's not let ourselves become uh, those who just observe. Don't just watch, participate. Sure. I love that. Um, And you know what? There are some people who do just that. They don't just watch, they participate. And I want to shout them out because they came up on the show this year and they shared a story and their story ended up having a positive outcome. Their names are Zara, talk to me, Mimi and Mastani. Um, there was a video that went viral this year uh, and it had, I believe it was last time I checked, it was like 5 million views. Um, certainly a very, uh, engaging video on our social media as well. We have it up on our Instagram and uh, it's one of our more viewed videos on our YouTube page and on and on. Um, But it's just a lot of engagement. Um, For those that don't know, Zara Mimi and Mastani are all students at Arizona State University. Um, They, uh, Zara especially, and I believe, uh, Mimi as well, worked with Arizona State to create a multicultural center, a space where they could be protected from a lot of the, I'm not a student at ASU anymore. I did go to school there, but you know, they they wanted a space where they could share Black ideas and have Black conversations and not feel that feeling that a lot of times, uh, non-white folks have in the presence of white people in this country where you feel like your things are alien, your things might be ridiculed. You know, they wanted a safe space where they could have black conversations. Imagine two Spanish speaking people having a conversation in Spanish, their native language that they have their jokes and, you know, their idioms and so forth. You know, when you're having that conversation in front of a non-Spanish speaker, you might feel like you're offending that person or otherwise they might t- take issue with it or something like that. So this is kind of the idea behind this. Anyway, they, they worked with the, the, the university to create this multicultural center and began using it. And it was, I think, a few days old when um, some white students entered into the uh, multicultural center. There were other white students there, of course, because it's not an exclusive place. It's just a place that kind of fosters culture other than, you know, white American culture, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, these specific white male, uh, students came into the, to the multicultural center and they had some, some, uh, uh, um, inflammatory language, um, affixed to their person in the, in the form of their clothes into their um, laptop. Um, and I believe one of the things said police lives matter, which in that space is very, very much insulting that that phrase police lives matter only exists because the phrase black lives matter exists Correct. and it exists to challenge that Correct. and the legitimacy of it. And, and um, there were some, uh, there was a Bass Pro Shops hat there was a Chick-fil-A cup, you know, these like sort of dog whistle, you know, coded racist things or coded um, conservative, we'll call them, you know, yeah. they might not be racist, but very conservative things. And then one of the, the other student, he had a, like an anti Joe Biden shirt. And if that were it, that would have been 
maybe enough to just stay under the radar, but they were actually pointing the laptop and, and kind of doing that mean stare thing and making gestures at the black women in the, in the center to try to entice them to engage. In other words, they went there looking for a fight. This is the story that was told to me that I do believe is true because I do know these women because they've been on the show before they went viral. Um, and after uh, Zara got involved, um, it got heated. And if you know Zara, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't know Zara, get to know her. I promise you need some of that in your life. But she came up like Queen Latifah and set it off. And the video of, of her engaging these uh, white male students ended up going viral, um, as I mentioned. Uh, and as it turned out, the one of the students, one of the male students uh, was very connected and they put together a, a, a masterful campaign to get all of the girls suspended from school, um, which meant that uh, Zara would not get her doctorate that she'd been working on. She's working on her dissertation. Um, and that Mimi, I believe she's also a PhD candidate as well. Um, she wouldn't have been able to complete her degree. And uh, Mastani um, was going to be kicked out of school as well. And otherwise, this kid's parents would stop donating to something like that, right? That's what got back to me. Well, um, after initially just kind of sweeping it under the rug, the school actually went back and engaged the three women and says, hey, look, um, we're going to have to have a trial. And if you're found to not be within compliance of your student ethics, whatever, um, we're going to have to get you kicked out of school. So they all had to get lawyers and it became this whole thing. And what Zara did was she got the community involved. She came up here and she shared her story. And a lot of you, our listeners, really helped to support her. I believe they had like 6,000 letters written, something like that. Wow. On their behalf to make sure that they stayed in the school. And the outcome of that, which is why we're sharing it on our year-end episode of, of positive outcomes, is that they were allowed to stay in school. The school said, um, we, all we want you to do is write a letter of explaining what you did and why you won't do it again. And all three of the girls, women, all three of the women said, I'm, I'm much older than them. They're in college. I'm, you know, so I, I mean, no, I mean nothing when I say girls, but they are women. Um, all three of them said, no, we're not writing that letter. And they're still in school. And I love that. So, <laughs> so yeah, just a, I'm, I'm happy to be able to That's share so an outcome like that. The, the promise you'll never do it again. Part is so condescending. That's and, what they, and, and that's too much to ask, right? You're going to ignore the nuance, the consequences, and the context of, of under which those things happen. Sure. You'll never defend yourself again is what you're asking me to promise. These are all points that they made in their press conferences yeah, what are you and talking the, you know, about? everything else. And that's a beautiful thing, though, um, that they were willing to stand up for their principles. You know, um, this show exists. I'm telling you like you don't know. For you listening to Q and I's voice, this show that you're listening to right now exists because Q and I decided to stand up for our principles. We felt like a show like this was necessary at our our old radio station where we worked, and they said the the, the exact words were, uh, "I don't want to do a black show," and it was a hip hop station, and that felt very hurtful, and especially in a time when. It was necessary for us to have conversations. It was necessary for us to communicate and to, sh to share 
information. Where's the next protest? Um, what does defund the police mean? You know, those sorts of things have what is critical race theory, those sorts of things. And so, again, we applaud people standing up for their principles. Unfortunately, we were able to stand with Zara Mimi and uh, Mastani, and um, we're very happy with that outcome. Um, speaking of critical race theory, um, I will say this. That on our best day, we're neck and neck. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of people that oppose the teaching of critical race theory. Um, and they're just really good on the other side at marketing fear. And people lap it up. To be afraid of telling the truth. In school, <laughs> it seems asinine. And the way they reform it is like, no, they're going to teach your children to hate, him, hate themselves and be embarrassed about their history. And blah. That has never been what it has been about. Um, that's not, I'm no more embarrassed of my legacy of having come from slaves than your children would be embarrassed about learning that they may have come from slave owners, right? That's a very distant past for all of us. You know, on the schoolyard, we're all friends. At least that's was what it was at all the schools I went through my whole life. And I went to school for 19 years because I have a master's degree hanging on my wall. And I don't know how long you went to school, but that's long enough to know the difference. I went to school in different states and different cities. I moved around. I got it, right? But the fact that this country had to have a conversation about it, I believe that that's a positive outcome. And granted, we don't have fear in our arsenal, or rather, we don't use fear as one of our tools to accomplish what it is that we want as Black people. We've, we just don't really move like that. Um, that and that's not to say there haven't been examples of that. You know, but even those examples, I don't believe they were based in fear. You know, the Panthers will use- And you'd have to find exceptions- there you go. Because I'm glad you brought the Panthers up. The Panthers armed themselves. Thank you. As a means of self-defense. Thank you. I was we, just didn't about we didn't storm the Capitol, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we sure. as a people, and I can speak to this in this with this broad general language because it's true. We as a people have never sought revenge for the way this country has treated us. Yeah ever yeah. in our entire history you know we've had instances where we took to the streets you know you can bring up you know uh, examples of riots if you will oh, yeah. when the outcomes were just so blasphemously disrespectful that people were just enraged but even then we didn't take arms against people yeah. right you talk about the destruction of property we understand these things are criminal we didn't take to the streets with weapons and shoot and kill and, 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 and physically fight. And even in the instances, instances where violence occurred, it was as a reaction to, again, the destruction of property um, and, and laws being broken. I'm not going to you know, pretend that everything was done in a way that was vanilla and civil and benign, um, but there's, I think there has always been this fear or this expectation that one day we'd rise up and try to burn this thing down. Man. And that's just not our goal. 
We literally just want to exist and prosper and thrive in the way that this country has promised us we should be able to. That's all. And being denied that at every turn for what feels like a thousand years is exhausting. Sure, sure, absolutely. But at some point, our history and our record should matter. Yeah, yeah. We have been on the receiving side of the beatdowns for the entirety of the country's history. Sure. And the beatdowns aren't just like physical beatdowns. They're like, yeah, like really grand, like massive scale beatdowns. You can't live and prosper here. According to Article 3, Section yeah, 2, like, you know I mean? like, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like a whole thing. Like, <laughs> like goodness it's gracious, like, man. It's like written into the law. Yeah. It's like a wild thing. But but in any event, um, the conversation about critical race theory, uh, the fact that it exists, the fact that people really have to use fear to continue to wield it as a weapon um, to where even people like uh, Bill Maher, is, is an opponent of critical race theory, a, a well-known uh, liberal, old school liberal guy has kind of given into the fear that somehow critical race theory is new, huh? And that it's specific intention or rather the outcomes of it will specifically cause children, huh? Who can, don't even have concepts gelled in their mind yet. Kindergartners are going to learn to hate themselves because of something that happened a billion years old. Yeah, I had I had to stop ago, rocking with Bill Maher, who I think positioned himself for a long time as an ally. Um, once during our last president's uh, term, last term, started speaking in ways about black people and about the black experience that he one couldn't possibly know. Um, and that were very clearly opposed to how we feel as a people, it was very disappointing. Well, hang on, let me jump in here. At least on our show, we'll never pretend like we know what we don't know. We'll say we don't know it, you know, and that's very infuriating when other people, you know, we, we, we haven't yet had a conversation about um, white savior complex. Um, but if, for those who feel so inclined please engage in some googling and some research on the white savior complex Um, and i believe that he might be an example of that where just everything this guy says is gospel because he said it you know obviously he's smart i mean it's it's a it's a male thing too and i'm not going to say that we don't have those type of tendencies because we're men as well but um you know you we appreciate it but we have this show so that we can tell our own stories. We can, we can speak our own truth and, and that we can decide what path we're going to use to go forward. And you listening to our voices, we like to count you as allies. And we hope that our black conversation in your presence helps to give you a glimpse into what life is like beyond your capacity to just imagine. Um, And so very grateful for Bill Maher, but you know, there's something, there's a point when you just can't do anymore and you have to let those who at least feel like they know better, you know, or have lived that life, you know, be self-determined. And so here we are. Um, It's going to be a weird transition here, but, uh, (laughs) but um, one of the positive things that we can look back on this year um, is you know, this year we, we, a lot of our um, Asian brothers and sisters really had to, 
and are still having to deal with some very heavy stuff. You know, these these attacks and these seemingly unprovoked random attacks on their bodies, people losing their lives, elderly Asian people losing their lives has been very hurtful and disgusting to see. And I will admit that we see black people commit crimes against Asian people. We do see that. And we condemn that the same way we condemn anything else. That is awful. And we would never, that's just not who we are as people. Um, and to that end, we've invited folks up on the show to have conversations about them. You know, um, uh, real quick, want to give a shout out to uh, Lisa Sun, who came up on the show a couple of times. Um, Shella Yu. Shella she Yu, was you're wonderful. incredible. She was wonderful. If you can hear us, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, to just come and just be yourself and tell us what life is like in your world and tell us how we can help you. You know, that's really what we hoped that this space would be. And it was our pleasure to be able to share it um, in solidarity with our Asian brothers and sisters as they decided what path they should take and how we should help them. And um, to know that there was some legislature, legislation, I never get that word right, um, enacted to protect them specifically. Granted, we all wanted it, you know, and I'm, we're not going to back up off of that. But to know that there was something that was written down formally by this country to protect them and to protect their liberty and their well-being, that feels special and that feels like an accomplishment that we as a country um, have been able to celebrate um, in this past year. And so wanted to take a moment to, um, to mention that as well. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the, road, the voting rights initiatives, um, the uh, John C. Lewis voting rights bill, I'll call it. I don't know the exact name, but it was something like that. Rest in peace, John C. Lewis. Right. Um, that passed the uh, House. I think it's they're still working on getting it through the Senate or something like that. But um, as we mentioned earlier, you know, there's a lot of folks really helping to campaign that, especially the NAACP. Once again, if you would like to make a donation toward that end, visit NAACP.org slash donate um, and you can do just that. But I'm um, very proud of all of us working together to try to protect our right to vote um, and to not let it be taken away from us based on based on falsehoods by one person whose pride couldn't suffer, you know, the loss of an election whose whole empire is built on him being a quote unquote winner and people support him based on that. So, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of weird stuff at play there, but, you know, again, uh, voting rights, we, we, we look at, at that as something that we came together and celebrated. Um, the 2020 census results uh, came back in 2021 and we were able to discuss that and able to have some meaningful conversations about the population shifting um, and what it must feel like to be a white person in a time when, you know, the world is changing around you and being able to empathize and maybe understand some of the frustrations on the right and, and folks that feel like they're losing their place in the world and hopefully provide some comfort, like you, like you mentioned earlier, that, hey, we're all on the same team. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't want revenge, you know, that sort of thing. And uh we were able to talk about cancel culture as well uh, a couple of times on the show and um, how it is 
necessary, but it, how it can also be too much. And so those are some of the things that um, we're very happy that uh, we've been able to talk about on the show. And of course, above all else, we're very happy that you've tuned in and you've helped the show grow by donating, by sharing content, by whatever it is that you've done. You are kind of the battery in our backs. Yeah, and cancel culture, it had its place, right? Yeah. I think the cancel, I think canceling people was necessary but everything has to be done in moderation. Yeah. Like can't, we're not canceling everybody for everything. And I think that's where, uh, I think that's where those who oppose it, I think that's where it started. Then it, it swung all the way the other way. Yeah, where got not, okay, let's from, we can't cancel everyone for everything. So we shouldn't cancel anyone for anything. And those are two yeah. very, very polarizing points of view. Yeah. We, st- we strike a balance and we just kind of figure out how to use that. That's one thing that we do kind of wheeled on our end maybe it's not fear but it is consequences we'll call it and so anyway it's time for the way black history fact and uh q you might love this one oh um sojourner truth sojourner truth um inside is there is there a better name that's a great name like the history of people that's a great name isn't it um well last week we um uh, we're able to dedicate our Ebony Excellence segment to Bell Hooks, who passed away in December. And, uh, you know, a title of one of her books that came out in the 80s um, borrowed a line from Sojourner Truth. Amen. And Q mentioned that we should dedicate a way Black history fact to her. And that's what we will do right now. So allow me to read. A former slave, Sojourner Truth became an outspoken advocate for abolition, temperance, and civil and women's rights in the 19th century. Her Civil War work earned her an invitation to meet President Abraham Lincoln in 1864. Truth was born Isabella Bomfrey, a slave in Dutch-speaking Ulster County, New York in 1797. She was bought and sold four times and subjected to harsh physical labor and violent punishments. In her teens, she was united with another slave with whom she had five children uh, beginning in 1815. In 1827, a year before New York's law freeing slaves was to take effect, Truth ran away with her infant, Sophia, to a nearby abolitionist family, the Van Wagners. The family bought her freedom for $20 and helped Truth successfully sue for the return of her five-year-old son, Peter, who was illegally sold into slavery in Alabama. Truth moved to New York City in 1828, where she worked for a local minister. By the early 1830s, she participated in the religious revivals that were sweeping the state and became a charismatic speaker. In 1843, she declared that the spirit called her to preach the truth, renaming herself Sojourner Truth. As an itinerant preacher, Truth met abolitionist William Lloyd Garrison and Frederick Douglass. Garrison's anti-slavery organization encouraged Truth to give speeches about the evils of slavery. She never learned to read or write. In 1850, she dictated what would become her autobiography, The Narrative of Sojourner Truth, to Olive Gilbert, who assisted in its publication. Truth survived on sales of the book, which also brought her national recognition. She met women's rights advocates, including Elizabeth Katie Stanton and Susan B. Anthony, as well as temperance advocates, both causes she quickly championed. 
almost done, hang with me. In 1851, Truth began a lecture tour that included a woman's rights conference in Akron, Ohio, where she delivered her famous Ain't I a Woman speech. And that's where Bell Hooks got uh, the title from her book. Teach. In it, she challenged prevailing notions of racial and gender inferiority and inequality by reminding listeners of her combined strength. Truth was nearly six feet tall and female status. Uh, Truth ultimately split with Douglas, who believes suffrage for formerly enslaved men should come before women's suffrage. She thought both should occur simultaneously. During the 1850s, Truth settled in Battle Creek, Michigan, where three of her daughters lived. She continued speaking nationally and helped the slaves uh, escape to freedom. freedom. Uh, When the Civil War started, Truth urged young men to join the Union cause and organize supplies for black troops. After the war, she was honored with an invitation to the White House and became involved with the Freedmen's Bureau, helping freed slaves find jobs build and build new lives. While in Washington, D.C., she lobbied against segregation, and in the mid-1860s, when a streetcar conductor tried to violently block her from riding, she ensured his arrest and won her subsequent case. In late 1860s, she collected thousands of signatures on a petition to provide former slaves with land though Congress never took action. Nearly blind and deaf toward the end of her life, Truth spent her final years in Michigan. Of course, she spent her final years in Michigan, where Q Ward was born. Talk to him, Q. (laughs) Um, I listened to all she did with her life, and I am convicted that we are not doing enough. Isn't that crazy? She's a... She's a... Now, you know, we talk about, let me start over. In this space, we celebrate women. We celebrate powerful women. We celebrate black women. Um, We believe that women are the ones who have to teach us how to love them. And we believe in learning how to love on the terms of the person we're choosing to love. Um, part of that comes from me being nurtured by a powerful woman, Dr. Westenberg, Dr. Camilla Westenberg, who's a, again, a frequent contributor to the show here. Um, and also my teacher when I was in college who took the time to really help me. I was in a really difficult time in my life and she took the time to help me and she put me in front of all these books and she taught me all these names. And um, eventually we're going to talk about Angela Davis because she's the one in my mind. She's the one that really got me. But um, it, it does feel like if it's an honor to be able to share this on the way Black History Fact. And it does feel like absolutely we can be doing more. And if she were sitting right here, right here with us, I'm sure she would <laughs> want us to do more than... Um, you know, talk an hour a week, which we do, but you know, um, in when the, when the story of our life is told, hopefully our contribution will be, um, more than what we've done. It might never be as, as much as what she's done, but you know, um, everybody needs heroes and we're glad that we have her as ours Indeed. and maybe just maybe we might be some heroes to some folks that come after us, but the, there, there's a tremendous amount of humility and honor that, that comes in to be able to 
you know, bring stories like this back up and make them live one more time on this radio show. And I think above all else, it really matters that you take the time to listen to us, whether this be your first time listening or you listen every week, um, whether you download the show, whether you watch it on YouTube or whatever it is, however you consume this, um, it, it really does matter. It really, it feels very special, um, not just to the programmers, but to the actual listeners. Um, we can't thank you enough um, for another year and for another opportunity to share time and space and ideas with you, our brothers and our sisters. And with that said, that's going to do it. Um, thank you for 2021, everyone. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. And I go by the name Q Ward. Yes, indeed. Please hit the website, uh, civiccipher.com. You can go on there and submit any questions that you would like us to answer. Um, of course, you can submit topics for us to discuss. Uh, the show is growing uh, largely because you've donated money money does help the show grow and it will continue to grow with your donations not only can you donate to the NAACP but you can donate to Civic Cipher on our website civiccipher.com please sure, uh, be sure to follow our social media it's all at Civic Cipher and download this and any previous episodes that you want to check out and until next week y'all peace Stepping the borders with press passes, we bring it to you as it happens. The streets love my crew for music and rapping. Street commander slash beat expander, here to fight the slander with the proper propaganda. What's happening? You got a question? Then ask it. The news is just a TV show. Get past it. And this from a